It's time for Swamp Soul Talk, the podcast with Jim Quick. And now, here's Jim Quick. I'm not even going to lie about this. I might as well just tell the truth that we just sat here for 30 minutes and I forgot to hit the record button and we're starting over. (laughs) It's all right. Tell the truth. I'm good, man. I I appreciate your time and and you're doing this with me. Okay. We're going to introduce him again. This time you'll hear it. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Shoe Center. For over 40 years, the Shoe Center has been serving Happy Feet, the largest selection of ballroom dance shag shoes for men and women of the entire East Coast. And it doesn't just stop there. they got casual stuff, dress shoes, sandals, athletic runners, name brands you know and trust like uh, On Cloud, Hey Dudes, Olakaya, Atrex, Dance Co, Bionic, uh, New Balance, Forsheim, Kohan, Brass Boot, Johnson Murphy, Nao, uh, Ufos. Uh, the list just goes on and on. It's incredible. Their selection's unreal. Uh, check out their accessories, handbags, all kinds of stuff. SunCloud sunglasses are my favorite in the world. They're the best sunglass, uh, sunglasses you can get and I, I constantly wear them and they're better than those high dollar brands and they're not that much. You know, you get a great pair for uh, well under a hundred bucks. Uh, South Carolina, you can go to Highway 17 location in North Myrtle Beach, the North Strand Marketplace Center. And in uh, North Carolina, you can go to 1144 East Cutler Crossing in Leland's Villages at Brunswick Forest. Give Mike and his staff a call anytime at 843-272-6515 or go to Shoe Center NMB, like North Myrtle Beach, shoecenternmb.com. Our guest, ladies and gentlemen, podcast number four, the legendary, the living legend, Tim Clark. Man, one of my favorite dudes in the whole world. Good morning. Or afternoon, just a few minutes ago. Right. It was it morning started, when we started. It was morning when we started. <laughs> We're going to try this again. And there's so many cool stories. And I tell you, man, it's, it, one of the cool things about this podcast is everything's like natural. I mean, we, it's organic. I, I'm learning stuff when everybody's learning stuff. So the conversation, but I'm going to, there's some things that, that I'm going to have to ask you again because it was just so cool and everything. Yeah, man. But I will start by saying this, and we really didn't start this way the other time. And I really wish I would have started it this way because, uh, I'm coming off uh, one hell of a hangover this morning, you know, uh, hung out with some friends last night and man, they had a big to do at Fat Harold's and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I hit the ground running this morning, feeling pretty, uh, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm feeling, feeling better by the second. And, uh, and I partied with this guy a whole bunch, but he's, uh, he's gotten wiser and more focused in his, <laughs> gotten uh, old. yeah, well, to me, you're not, I mean, it still blows my mind that you're in your sixties, but. I didn't wasn't sure this podcast was going to happen this week because you were doing work up yeah. in Mount Airy. That's where you're. Uh, I'm hungover from pulling weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so you got a beautiful piece of property up there. Yeah, I do. There's a back really and forth do. between Myrtle. Uh, you live in a Little River, is that yeah. right? Yeah. No, I live in Cherry Grove now. Okay, Cherry Grove. Yeah. I can't keep up with you, man. You're yeah. you're a real estate the stu- real estate man. You know you know when to sell. That's the thing. You know? Yeah, I got the hell out at yeah. the right time. Well, I, you know, it's just I was riding that wave like everybody else. I didn't know where I was going to go, and this property just kind of fell in my lap. And it's I'm living the dream, man. I'm a block and a half from the beach, and I got a house in the mountains. I mean, 
That's and what you've you always, love for. You've always been like an entrepreneur. I mean, everybody knows you originally from the Sugar Creek uh, area, right. as far as as far as this concerns. And I learned a whole lot. Yeah, that we'll, uh, go, over we're, that we'll go over again. But uh, Sugar Creek, uh, you went from there, and uh, basically Tim Clarkman. Uh, yeah. Almost immediately after that, you went solo. It was about three years. Yeah. Three years. And, and you dove into the club world and stuff because. Ugh. You watch club, you know, same thing with Boom Booms. We watch people make so much money off of us. We want to make that kind of money, realizing yeah. that it's, that's not it's real. so hard. Yeah. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. You have to be there constantly. You the, have to live there. Yeah. Or your money walks were out you, the door. Were, did you have a restaurant, too, or was it just a I had a, a restaurant, bar? and that was the hardest part. Right. The club thing, you know, it's, you can do that. Well, did you... Was it a, a time where you had to be a private club unless you sold food? No. It no, like we, were, we were open to the club... Uh, the public and we were at man it was such a cool place if i had it now and know what i know now i'm sure i can make a run at it and i've had people approach me and my wife just looks at me and goes not no, gonna happen i wouldn't let you man it, I, it, I would i would i would call it, you every five no minutes matter, don't do it no matter how disciplined you think you are there'll be some nights at the bar where you're like oh, i'm sorry honey i and by the way, I'm when he when he sleep said, on the couch, right? When he says "honey," he's talking about Marsha, which who is his wife, and then, uh, the most wonderful woman that uh, that I that I've seen you with, and I'm completely jealous. If I could find me a Marsha, I would probably have a number four. <laughs> you know, well, this is number four podcast. It would be only right? Yeah. yeah. So you only been married once before, right? Yeah, it was my boy's mom, right? And um, how many times you been engaged though? Uh, Let's just, just put it this way. Diamonds are a girl's best friend, and they keep them. Right. <laughs> they do keep them. I don't, I don't know when I got any of them back. I don't think I did. Yeah. Were, yeah. were you engaged more times than I was married? You were married three, three times. Three times, yeah. Let's see. One, two. Not, counting no, the one, not counting the ones you married, just the ones that you engaged and not married. Uh, Three. Three, so we're even. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. I'm the one that says uh, when I say I want to marry you, I mean it. I, but when I get married, I don't really mean the yeah. marriage. So you stand I up was, there going, "What the hell?" I was engaged <laughs> once. You remember Christy Medlin? She was my first girl that I was engaged to really? back in like I was I was in college. I was like a freshman in college and everything. She was cheating on me with a UPS man. You know. <laughs> What can Brown do for you? <laughs> he got ups. <laughs> he got ups. He got ups. He got ups. That's a fit. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, you're going yeah, back. She's a, the savior. Yeah, she's man, she savior. is so cool, man. She's made you a different person. You're cool. I mean, I, in a good way. Because you and I, we've, we've partied hard. We've done, yeah. our, we've done our thing. And dude, When you get my age, you'll be slowed down or dead. Hell, man. You're crazy. <laughs> Just a couple of years ago, man. We'd be on the cruises and everything well, yeah. else. You know. But, yeah. It's a, it's a crazy byproduct. That's you know, all I can tell you. When's the last that, time you got drunk on stage? Be honest. Oh, wow. I don't think... I've, I don't think I've ever been drunk on stage. What? Like crazy drunk You're missing on out on some cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 but the night before I got married to Jennifer, um, my first wife, right. I got hammered. Because the club owner thought it would be cool to just get right. me hammered. It was like, but he was didn't like, realize we had to drive from Winston Salem oh, to Charleston, West Virginia. Oh my! So God. I was duct taped in, in the in the bus. I was duct taped and a, a little bag put around my head in case I threw up. 
so I wouldn't Jimi Hendrix out, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was funny, and it was a lot of. Um, so I'll ask, when's the last time you got a good buzz up on stage? Had, had a lot of drinks and it's like man, I'm having uh, a good time. I was probably a couple weeks ago. Somebody brought me a shot of Patron. Oh, at me and, and Ducks. <laughs> no, <I've been. laughs> but yeah, I when you don't do it like you used to do it, right. It will hit you a lot quicker. Yeah, well, see, you never run. See, you, yeah, I, alcohol's I to, never been a problem with you and your performance, though, like no, me. I mean, no. I'll get drunk and fire my band. <laughs> you know? Well, I fired my band, but I wasn't drunk. I know, man. But, <laughs> but you're a badass. See, that's the thing. That's the difference. You got, you got a reputation. There's one, one thing you and I have in common is we do not, and I didn't know that you were a drummer until earlier, but one thing we do have in common is we give our drummers hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can't get the bus driver right, then the, everything's going yeah. to Um, And we both have really good drummers right now. Oh, man, you got Grillo, dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the bomb. He is the bomb, man. I got to borrow him from you one year before he went back up to Boston. Yeah, you he know. went back up to uh, Mass with yeah. his dad and his mom, and they're all past. His brother's passed. So he called me up. He said, man, I want to come back. And it was crazy because um, – Mitch had had his problem. Right. And it was just like divine intervention. Mitch was trying to come back. And I'm, you know what? I saw Mitch Saturday and yeah. he's playing with Gary Louder. And he's, I'm so happy that he's playing again. Me too, man. He's, yeah. he's, he was a phenomenal man. You, 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 you have a reputation for having fantastic musicians. Always, always. They, they don't, don't start they, out that way. They didn't start that way in <laughs> Kentucky for you. Yeah, I did. I, I did. Generally, this yeah, man is we, was born and raised in Kentucky. Yeah, we we were talking about that, uh, um, you know, and it ties into my new single, Been There, Done That. Um, Jim and I were talking earlier. We had a great podcast that went out into nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> it just sat here in this room. These walls hurt. But, it. you know, Jim and I are such good friends. We don't care. Right. We're just catching up. Yeah, man. You know, he found out stuff about me he didn't know. No, but I, you know, trying to get it out of you uh, a different way. That way, yeah. you know, I just instead. But I mean, I gr- to tie it all together, you know. Basically, what I want you to do right now is, I, without me interrupting, I want you to go ahead and give us because this show is the really, timeline. It, you know, and this this show isn't really about doing like a like a synopsis or really kind of doing a chronological thing. But I think it's very important that people understand that there was a Tim Clark before Sugar oh, Creek. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And how and just to get us up to where Sugar Creek came into play. If I, you can start out, yeah. You know, I, I have a new song out called "Been There, Done That," which is a song that my son wrote the music to. Brandon and he brought it to me and I said, "Oh my God, I've got this idea that I've been screaming. My in my insides are like this has to come out." And I haven't been, you know, I haven't been really motivated to write for many, many, many years. And out of nowhere, it just came back, and things started coming together very quickly for me. And he played the music, and he said, Dad, it's a new song I'm writing for you, which Brandon's transitioned into um, writing for his dad. He gets it. He understands my audience and where I want to take this for the next, hopefully, five to ten years. I can hang on. Um, He wrote a song, and he said, this is called Step by Step. And I said, 
no, it's not. <laughs> I've got this idea. And he, he actually bucked me a little bit and said, no, this is, this, I'm telling you, dad, this will work. I said, no, it's going to work, but it's going to work for this. And it just, boom, boom. We brought in the band and within, I'd say 15 minutes, it was written. And, um, I love the song, by the it's way. Cra- it's crazy because Mark Grillo, which you know very well, who's a phenomenal drummer, Mark has a tendency to, oh, woe is me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and um, he he's like, he got out from behind, and we had written, been there, done that. Right. And Got a T-shirt. Yeah, but th- that didn't, ca- Mark had stepped up. We had taken like a five-minute break, and we were still writing it. And it was it was basically done, but it was something missing. And I said something about so and so or this situation. He said, "Yeah, man, been there, done that." He goes, "Yeah, I got the T-shirt too." And I went, <laughs> "That's it." Yeah. And that's how it came together. And the premise behind that song was being a just snot-nosed kid thinking he knew everything, sitting in a uh, an office and a phone call came in from Charlotte, North Carolina that changed my life. But I didn't know at the time that it was a life. I don't think anybody knows. See, but I, I, I read into lyrics. I really listen to the lyrics. I'm re- you know, I'm really into that. The groove is phenomenal. The song it's one of my favorite songs you've ever done. I've always been a fan of all it, your songs. You know, and to be completely honest, uh, writing a beach music song was the last thing on my mind, but, and I knew it, Really didn't have a hardcore beach. You know, I think it's accepted that beach music can be, but it's very poppy, happy. I I just think it's a, it's um, it's a song that I had to get out. It's out now, and I mean the beach community accepts it, but I, I I can hear that song being played anywhere. Well, I, I I agree, I agree. Um, but I, I think a lot of people really like it. I do, and if they knew the story behind it. They would like it even more. I like the fact that you use you kind of made the word back like a double entendre. Because one part of the chorus you say, and I'm not going back. And then the, the end of the chorus you say, and I'm on the way back. Yeah. Well, that is a... <laughs> if there's any club owners out there listening, this is not directed at anybody personally. Right. I, um, I had a conversation with an old friend of mine who's very connected in the business and he had made a um, observation about my career. And of course he was a sugar Creek fan and he had made an observation about that. He couldn't believe that I was doing the things that I was doing for the amount of money that I was doing it for. And um, he said, man, there's like 1% of people on the planet that can do what you do. Why are you giving it away? Right. And you know, great front men are hard to find. Well, I'm and, and I'm, I'm not, not saying I, I'm great. I, I'm well, I am, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass when I tell you that not only you're a great front man, but you're a phenomenal singer. And to be both is so freaking rare. Uh, that's you, you, Jackie Wilson's don't come around, man. Well, uh, wow, that's company. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, I, I just i I was not a great singer. I when? Sugar Creek used to make fun of. You know, sometimes I couldn't find the right note or whatever, and it was funny because when I walked in that room for the audition, I was definitely the weakest link. 
Definitely. No question. Even though you'd had the uh, the experience and the prowess that you had started up with the elite group that you had in Kentucky. Well, I, I, yeah, and, you know, we were talking about that earlier when we when we weren't recording. We had just – you guys have no idea what a great podcast you missed. Well, I know, but, and the thing about it is I, I'm going to bring you back. That's one of the cool things about the way that I'm doing this podcast yeah. is because I'm doing it, in a sense, the way these late-night TV hosts would right. do things and everything because I don't really want to get into, like, the, your life story. Right. I want to just have a conversation with you and say, I can't wait to have you back. We'll have more conversations yeah. about stuff. Yeah, and, and it was kind of that the, – the, the thing that ties that song that's out right now together is that I was just this kid in in a in, a, in an office with a buddy of mine, and uh, it was a a, a booking new, agency, a, a new booking agency that it was less than thirty days old, and we just got rising in the star production productions, yeah, and 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 we had just got in the four one one system. Which is everybody knows. There was no internet, no Facebook. Y'all no just Instagram, got y'all no got Twitter. the yellow page. Y'all got the yellow pages yes, and yes. everything else. Yeah. And I, I don't think we kept. Well, I mean that that call came in that changed my life. It was a life altering moment in my life, but I didn't realize it at the time. And you know what? Shame on me. I never sat down with Dave Fisher, who was Sugar Creek's legendary manager. Right. And that guy did more. You know, the managers always get demonized and all this stuff. And, you know, we, I think Dave probably refinanced his house twice. And I, he had faith in that man. Oh, he believed. He believed. He told Ahmed Erdogan uh, with Atlantic, he said, You're not getting them. He said, This band's Columbia. This is the next journey. And I'm like, what? You said that to what? I would have really liked to have signed with Atlantic. You know, uh, you know, we had a five album deal with RCA that he didn't feel was right for us. Um, that we didn't sign. Um, there was moments that you didn't really realize he was looking out for us. I'm sure. Right. I, hindsight, you can always say, well, why didn't you sign? Blah blah blah. He was Maybe. probably. I mean, he probably looked between the lines. He probably saw some. You know that it wasn't. You know, I mean, a lot of people are signing bad deals, man. Oh yeah, look at that Mellon. But you got John, John Mellencamp signed a terrible deal. So you gotta, uh, I want the listeners to understand on the podcast that you were in Kentucky at this time, and you'd been yeah. playing around some local regional acts. Kind of you were you. Yeah, man, I hate that I didn't hit the record button one earlier. I missed it was, that. It, well, but to you, put it all in in perspective. There were a group. There was a, about three or four different bands. That were making moves, right. like really big moves, and I, I was one of them. And then my guitar player said, "You know, I think we had a couple tough weekends." And he just started questioning things, and um, he called me up. He said, "Man, I, I hate to tell you, but you know, I'm going to move to Nashville." And that guy, uh, his name was Charlie Crow. Um, we talked about this earlier. His first cousin was Cameron Crow. Who wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High? His editor, editor Ro- Rose Stone. Stone. I mean, this Crazy. guy was he was, he was a really, really not only was he a great guitar player, he was an intelligent dude. Right. And he used to have so much fun with me. Oh my God, he was so much smarter than me. And I, you know, I would say some dumb stuff, and he would like <laughs> he would tee off. And to this day, we he has a thing that he can say to me, even through Facebook, it just cracks me up. But his name was Charlie Crow, and he went on to be um, 
the lifetime lead guitar player for Brooks and Dunn still is to this day. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Because this guy's, I mean, I know you're talking about it. I've seen him on television. I mean, yeah. I've seen him at the Ryman. He's one of the fixtures in Nashville. And he's a rock player. That's crazy. He was a rock player that start, you know, started infiltrating Nashville in the 80s. Right. You know? And um, he and I kept up over the years, and he's just he's a stand-up, great dude. And um, I mean, you run around exile. It's just taking off. They just had their yeah, first number one yeah. hit. Played a pool party. You were at a they pool. Played my high school. Yeah. several times. And there was a, it was a lot of a lot of movement going on. And um, like I said, you know, they played our our local pool that our company actually our little Rising Star Productions put together. It was called a Splash Party, <laughs> and they played out. Had all these now, acts that you were booking. This band, this band had. The number seventy nine song Kiss on you the all Hot One Hundred, yeah, which later went on to be number one in a couple of played, weeks. Yeah, they played outside <laughs> on a pool deck with no cover over yeah. the stage, and it was awesome. Oh man! And my little band opened up for them, and uh, but you had killer musicians and everything. Yeah, I, had I good mean, players. I, you know, what amazes me is and this is the question that we ask. And there is no way for anybody to find out unless I bring a Rick Lee on here later on the podcast. And he may know, but we don't know. Why in the hell Dave Fisher called this brand-new Rising Star that's, company that's looking for a singer? That That is – I don't know. That I can't believe you never asked that. I can't believe I didn't, and he passed away. And um, I mean, how many years you work with him? Oh, 10. And you never even asked? I, I was just so caught up in me. And that's, I was just, you know, after I left the band, um, it's just Dave and I didn't talk for a few years. And um, I never got around to asking that question because I think it took all these years for me to realize what a pivotal moment that was, I'm not only in my career, but my life. Okay, well, we're up to the point now where I want to have us at. Okay, because this is basically where we were when I looked down and realized that that I hadn't hit the record button. And this was the ultimate question. What persuaded you to leave your comfort zone in Kentucky and come to the Carolinas, whether it was Charlotte or North yeah. Myrtle Beach? I'm, well, where, I'm not sure where you went at this point. What well, happened? Um, they said, um, we'll fly you down for an audition and um i don't even think they paid for the flight i think my mom played for the flight <laughs> um damn and uh, i don't know i can't remember that was it one. charlotte I, yeah, yeah yeah it was piedmont airlines <laughs> was sugar creek named after sugar creek in charlotte was it named after no that creek? no that story um that i was told was that Sugar Creek was so polluted, it was in the news. It was like a river running through the middle of Charlotte. Right, it it's still there. Creek. Yeah. yeah. And um, in 1971, they were coming out of high school, Rick and Gray. Right. Gray Peck was a sound guy, legendary sound guy. And he said, hey, we ought to name the band Sugar Creek. It's in the news every day for being polluted and it stuck it just stuck it just stuck and um oh the irony of having yeah, yeah. sugar creek polluted yeah sugar and, creek road well you know i flew in on that audition 
And I've always wondered, was the band named after Sugar Creek, or was Sugar Creek named after the band because you were so popular? No, you know? it was it was it was obviously named after the creek. But um, people truly believe that though they drive through the middle of Charlotte, Sugar Creek Road. Oh my God! And I'll get yeah calls and hey, I saw your road. Yeah, I don't. That's deny a bad it. part of Charlotte now. It's not a good part of Charlotte now. It's not. It's not. But um, you know that that whole thing, man. The audition. How'd that go? Was it weird? Uh, well, I think what happened, I was only probably a year out of Moorhead, Moorhead State University, where I, you know, went to play ball. Football. I went on a football scholarship and figured out really in about the first week that I was not going to the NFL, which was my dream. <laughs> but, you know, my quarterback, I didn't even tell you this earlier. Guess who the quarterback was? Who? He's in a. Freaking NFL Hall of Fame right now. Phil Sims. Was New your York quarterback Giants was when you were Morehead? He's from Kentucky. Oh, hell. He's from Louisville Southern High School. Um, wow. And I guess, you know, we Phil was already such a star when I got to Moorhead that right. he was untouchable. You didn't even talk to him unless he talked to you first. Right. And um, my uh, buddy that was uh, a year ahead of me in school talked me into going there. And I should have. I actually came down to North Carolina first time I'd ever been out of the state, and uh, there was a Division three powerhouse school that had won the Division three national championship, which is, you know, in the seventies was kind of like a notch above high school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, we all knew about them, and yeah. they recruited me, and they knew I was smaller. And I went to see him. It was Lee's McCrae. Wow. In uh, Banner Elk, North Carolina, Blowing Rock area. And uh, so I went down. It's the first time I had been out of the state. Me and a lineman went down there, and we went on a bus. You never went down to Tennessee as close as you were? I think my dad took us to Tennessee when we were young um, to some amusement place. (laughs) I think it had a pony and something. And because there's pictures of me and my brothers, there's three of us, and uh, sitting on the back of a pony, and that was in Tennessee somewhere. Were you close with your dad? With my dad? Yeah. Not really. Um, I was the one who stayed in school, and my brothers were out on the farm working with dad, and I, you know, I always had baseball or basketball or football, so I didn't get to hang with him. Now, after I left and made a name and was on national television, right? You know, he kind of got it. That you know that crazy job that I wanted to do was uh, valid, you know, was a real job. He's making it happen. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it all goes back to that one little phone call, and that's what that song that I wrote, "Been There, Done That." That there was no internet, no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, nothing, and that phone call came in from, you know, twelve hours away by car. You did know, you? Did you? Were you confident that you'd gotten the gig after the audition? No, absolutely not. I walked in, and uh, I guess years later, Gray Gray Peck told me, he "said Man, you look like a linebacker." <laughs> well, I just, you know, I just I was less than a year out of Moorhead right. playing college football. I was thick. You're right. I still had a lot of muscle, and. Uh, I think I was 185 pounds of just muscle. Right. How and I got down to about 150. Oh, yeah. You know, on stage, you know, on stage 
which is so probably look, my normal weight. You look really thin on uh on Star, Star Search. Search. I was about on one fifty. Yeah, fifty. That was my career weight. You know, after you know, just making a conscious effort to lose the bulk. You know, after I got there, but you know, um, when I go to Concord, North Carolina. If I've got any time at all, I always go by um, Roberta Mill Road. There's a 7-Eleven that was just went out of business, and that's where the creek rehearsed, and that's where I auditioned. And Rick picked me up at the airport one afternoon, and um, he said, Come on, man, I'm going to show you, show you Charlotte. And so we left, and... Uh, I think we went to a Taco Bell. I'd never seen a Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, went to a Taco Bell. Had no clue what to order. And then we went to the Treehouse. Wow. Which, uh, you know, the late Buzz yep. um, managed, was manager at that time. Uh, you know, old Buzz, you say, I remember when you played the Treehouse. I never played Treehouse. <laughs> you didn't? I was at the Roxy. Oh, yeah. They were mortal enemies. <laughs> Oh yeah, Treehouse was a huge club. Right, had the, all the big bands, but the Roxy was the pinnacle. Right, they were the big. I mean, all the nationals played there. I was about to say, the I remember. Mother's I remember. I, see, I grew up in Laurenburg at this time, which is only probably an hour and a half from Charlotte. It's yeah. it's, it's halfway between between Wilmington and Charlotte, so right, right down seventy four. And um, I would listen to the radio stations, the rock stations, and yeah. stuff. Man, you, the, the Roxy was. The shit. I R-O-Q. Mean, oh, yeah. Man. And, uh, yeah, Roxy. I remember I went that night to the Roxy, and um, some big band was playing, and I was like, oh, my God, this is big. Right. And then the next day, we went to that little, you know, 7-Eleven, <laughs> and I walked in, and they were already um, – they were already tuning up, playing, and um, Rick said, just hang on a minute, we'll play a couple songs, and we'll bring in your auditions, you know, your audition. And um, Jerry West took to me pretty quick. Right. And Mike Barber was really nice to me. Lynn was a little standoffish. Of course, Rick and I hit it off from the first minute. Air, right, the airport. We met, yeah. Right. And um, it, it, they started playing. And I knew immediately, I went, oh, my God. <laughs> I am in way over my head. <laughs> oh, shit. And um, they were playing, um, they were learning a song for Lynn to sing or something, and it was uh, um, Bruce Springsteen. Got a wife and kid in Baltimore. Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. he nailed it. I said, that's the damn drummer. Who else? And then Jerry started singing. I went, holy shit. Yeah. I'm, there's no way. So there was another guitar player by the name of Ricky Cox. Ricky was just, he didn't talk to me at all. I mean, I can barely remember what he looked like. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's, I don't know if he's still around. Um, but, um, that I had my audition. I did uh, rock and roll fantasy. Oh yeah, bad company. Right on. That's up there. Um, babe, 
sticks. By sticks. Um, then a the young. Yeah, and a couple others. Um, old time rock and roll. Bob, Which, by the way, if, if people sing that correctly, it's very deceiving. That song is not as easy as people think oh, it is. If you if sing you it, do it in the right key, key and you do the right there. notes, it's up there. I mean, yeah. some people sing the lines wrong. I'm definitely one of them. I, I can, <laughs> Me too. You know, shit. You got your range is incredible, man. Has, but it, do, do you feel like you've lost range since that point, or you still got the same range? I'm still there. That's crazy. Um, I am. Um, I probably have a better range than I had in Sugar Creek because when you're working six nights a week, right? You just you're surviving. You're right. not. You don't have any chance to heal. And I didn't heal for ten years. Right. Um, How did you find out you got the gig? Well, let's, let's go back. Uh, to that okay, I did the audition, and I think it took them by surprise um, that I was that good. I think they had no intention of hiring me. I think Rick honored the audition because for Dave, right? And um, they they had no clue. They wanted a front man. No, no, they wanted a guitar player. They they wanted to be a band, not known for a front man. Right. So for me to even get an audition was. And you played drums, but they had a drummer. So oh, that was, yeah, uh, <laughs> but at that point, I'd already given up drums. I got you. But um. I mean, I could still play. I was probably a lot better then than I am now. But um, I don't think they had any intention of giving me the gig, uh, even really auditioning me. And then out of respect. They're just playing along. They just did it. And right. then it just kind of, Rick said, I wasn't expecting you to be that good. And then, um, this is a crazy story. Um you feel like you stepped up? You feel like you stepped up to the plate of that audition because you were nervous? Do you think you were better? Like you had like I've super, always, like there's something. I'm like you. I always, I always thrive on a, a big moment. Right. Star search. Exactly. I was so nervous. Um. But man, you were jumping around and spinning. I was so nervous. Man, it was it was incredible. nervous. Energy. If you if anybody you go to YouTube and you could see this with a three point three quarter star three and three quarter stars. Yeah, I was. I I felt like I could jump thirty feet that day. Man, you were but, spinning around crazy, man. You're so thin. Had the, had the total eighties look, man. <laughs> you, I mean, it was crazy. You can well, still we, tell it's Tim Clark, though. It's like yeah. that is Tim Clark. Well, we um, that 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 audition went really well. I felt I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, I felt I hit every note. I knew the songs. I was prepared. I was professional. And it's all he could ask for. I mean, but how long did it take for him to call you back? Well, I went. I, I flew back home on that. I think um, that Monday, and um, I got a call the next week, and they had hired Jerry initially, and um, they had gone. Jerry was going to be the focal point of the band, right? And I think what happened. Rick called me, and he said, man, we've kind of gone with Jerry West. He said, man, why don't you come down here? And Charlotte's a big town. We'll find you a gig. And in the meantime, you can work on the crew. And I jumped at it. I went to my mom, and I said, Mom, something 
in my heart tells me I have to do this. Wow. That I'm compelled, that I cannot stop. I had no freaking clue that this happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and was even more crazier. A guy that's never been out of the state gets auditioned. They come back and say, look, you did a great job, but we really just want to focus with the guitar player, singer. Yeah, because summer. that's what I didn't had. realize, Jerry, was Jerry, like, getting... He wasn't already a part of the band. He was auditioning the he, same time you were. He had auditioned, and they had kind of gone with him, but they hadn't made it official. Right. And I was part of the tail end of all the auditions. That's so weird that he's still there while you're auditioning, knowing that he's wanting that same thing. Well, I think they had already. I don't know if they had told him yet. Right. But he was already part of the band. Right. And I think they were just being nice. So anyway, you took this. You took it. Well, I, I took, I took, I, I knew. Where the hell did you live? At Rick's house. All right. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was crazy. The next week, and, you know, it's, it's just so, I don't think I've told this story many times, but um, I got down there. I just took my clothes and um, stayed in Rick's guest bedroom. And, uh, I, well, I actually met them in Huntington, West Virginia, in my 66 Chevy 2, which was badass, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. completely, rena- you know, remod- what we call it, restored it. Right. It was beautiful. Had brand new interior, new paint. It was gorgeous. And um, met them in Huntington, West Virginia at a club called the Mad Hatter. Right. And um, it was January 11th, 1981. I remember the date. It was a Saturday night. Damn. And um, I can't remember what the hell happened last month. I was was so excited. And, of course, I pull up, and there's a band that's got all this gear, and they're just so, such pros, got a road crew. Right. Do they have a bus at the time? No, they didn't have a bus. They had a yet. van. They had a van. Yeah. And um I was so excited. During the show, he brought me up to sing those songs. And it went over really, really well. And um so I'm sure that Will started turning and he knew things that I didn't know, which I'm about to reveal to you. Um that was on a Saturday night. Well, um, we finished the show and I was so excited. I was, I grabbed this rack of lights and I, I wanted to show them how strong I was that I could do this job. I'd never been on a road crew in my life. Right. I mean, I knew how to wrap a cord. And right. I picked it up and I broke all the neon lights and <laughs> oh, in the ceiling. I picked it up too high. Oh my God. And, and that was my first, first move on the road crew. Oh, which man. cost Rick money, I'm sure. But we got in, you know, and I followed him back down 77. Or we were on 64, and we hit 77 in Charleston. And headed back to Charlotte. And um, went out to Grace's house, helped him with gear, you know. And I'm on the crew, you know. I'm right. not preparing for anything. And Rick started, you know, 
giving me songs or something. I, I can't remember exactly what he's like. You might, you might want to learn this. Well, he knew something I didn't know. Well, that next weekend, we played at the B&W Club in Lancaster, South Carolina. And the other guitar player got just like crazy trashed on stage. Well, I guess this had been happening. I got you. So his wheels, I'm sure, started turning. Hmm, this guy's got to go. We moved Jerry. What I didn't know, that Jerry had been with the band about 30 days, and they realized at that particular time, Jerry was 19. And killer. Came out the bag killer. Yeah, but he he couldn't sing more than five songs. Ah. This before he had us. He had the same surgery I had. Right. I had mine in 82 or 3. 82, yeah. Where I deviated septum and mm -hmm. couldn't breathe the correct way singing. Jerry had it many years later, uh, but he couldn't sing more than five songs and he loses his voice. And they were high, high, high songs. Right. Like Jane. I mean, like everything, all the damn great songs back then were high. Yeah, they were high. If you couldn't sing high, yeah. you just stay home. You know, um, either you were either you were Barry White or, or you were rock and roll. Yeah. You know. And um, so that Saturday night, um, Ricky got trashed, and it was it was. That's bad. what he gets for not talking to you. Yeah, bastard. Well, anyway, <laughs> we go in the dressing room and a brawl ensues. You oh, know, Rick hey. fired him, so he's going to kick Rick's ass and all this stuff. And I kind of tackled him and kept him from kicking Rick's ass, and it just that's just the way it all started. I became then you were on stage. Uh, well, were they paying it, you twice because you were having to roll cables too? Oh, pfft. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what I made. I, I don't know it wasn't much, but um, were you? What I'm asking is, were you still doing the road crew and singing no, for a while? You the road no, crew's over. That road crew, I've lasted about a week. Yeah, you were. But uh, here's your yeah, clothes. Get on stage. Well, it was crazy because that was Saturday night, and we got. He fired Ricky, and it was it was it was bad. It was bad because he was so drunk. See, it's the other way around in my world. It, they, I get drunk and fire the band. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> well, he um, as I recall, Rick wouldn't even let him ride in the van. Damn. He went back in the truck and he kicked the windshield out of the truck. Shut up! Yeah, he kicked the windshield out of the truck, and um, it was bad. And I remember Rick. We got back to his house, and he went in his little music room. And he got all these cassette tapes. He said, learn these by Monday. <laughs> oh, hell. We were going to Statesboro, Georgia. And here you, are, there you are with your Sony Walkman playing his <laughs> yeah. cassettes, listening. I don't even think Sony Walkman was around yet. That, that, it was 80, you probably 81. Should, so you 81. Had, had the little rectangle little yeah. player where you had the little earbud yeah. plug in the side. And um, so I, I just lived with it. Eight. D batteries. <laughs> yeah. And um, we went to Statesboro, Georgia. and God, that's a haul. We, yeah, and we went, and um, I don't know how I got through that. I don't think, well, I know for a fact, he didn't even let me stand in the middle. I had to stand by the keyboard. Right, right. Don't say that. Don't, oh, God, don't say that. Right. Are you kidding me? Are you really going to wear that? Yeah. <laughs> All that. I mean, I came out of the gate. You were green. Just, 
I was green. And um, at the end of the week, we were opening act for the Tams. <laughs> and um, man, that is so cool. And then, man, the Magic Attic years were insane. Oh yeah, and, and it you know I learned, I hit the ground running, and that's the first I time I singing. saw you. I was thirteen years old at the Magic Attic. I was really, really focused on nothing but that. Nothing else in my life mattered at that point. Been there, done and, that, and, and and just laser focused on being the best I could be, and I knew I was already behind. Right. So I, um, that was you know. It took a few years. And, um, when you get together, I know y'all guys get together like occasionally, once or twice a year, if that. Uh, I know no COVID hit and everything, the great shutdown. So, yeah. but the uh, when you get together with the guys, when you get you, Rick Lee, Jerry, and uh, I, I, who, I mean, I guess Robbie sits in with you yeah. guys, you know, and but whenever the guys get together, uh, is there still some kind of do you feel? Oh, that, there's a magic. Th- there's is it still there? I think. I think the last show we did was really, really good, uh, in Bessemer City. There's been some that hadn't been so good. Really. And, you know, I just, I remember the last time, before this past time, I just told everybody. I said we got to be better. We, we have, we have a legacy to live up to, and. If I'm going to be a part of this, it's going to be better than it's been. And uh, everybody gets it. They work hard on it. See, I've I've seen a couple of reunions uh, with you guys, and I've seen a couple with Nantucket. I've loved Nantucket. I loved you guys. And there, there's one other that I'd love to see get back together if that was even possible. I'm not even sure that's even possible. It's PKM. Oh, wow. What when, a band. Would that be cool? Yeah. Imagine having a festival with uh, Nantucket, Sugar Creek, Didn't and PKM. did. He's he's a New York or something. Mike, Mike's the one that's sick. Yeah, Mike's Mike's got Parkinson's. That's it. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What a band. Mike was actually in my band for a while. I didn't know that. The club. Right. Right. Tim Clark band. Yeah. He was at. Man, man, we shared. We've shared a lot of members through the years, like back and forth stuff. Yeah. But Glenn Tippett, man, what a what a phenomenal player. Uh, uh, Sam Bryant, Robbie. I remember Glenn walked up. Was it that biker bar that was so big in Broadway, the beach? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Easy Riders. Yeah, Easy Riders. And I had the house gig there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Glenn walked up. I thought, he said, hey, in that froggy voice, he said, hey. I like to jam with your band sometime. <laughs> I thought somebody lost their kid. <laughs> I said, hey, somebody's let their kid walk in here. Because he's really young then. He's uh, probably 22. Yeah. One yeah. Or two. Well, yeah, he just graduated college. And he was a school teacher. I said, so. well, you know, I started making polite conversation. I said, well, what do you play? And he said, and yes. he named, like, everything. <laughs> right. He named off, like, 15 things. I said, well, I'll tell you what, buddy. If you can play half of that stuff, I'll give you a job. And I think two weeks later, he was... Living here, <laughs> yeah. bought a place that I sold. I just sold it for him not too long ago. Right, last right. year. Right, right. That that cool. Little, that, he had a that, cool little a townhouse. Yeah, he yeah. had a townhouse on Thirty Sixth Avenue, so yeah. Thirty Third. I can't remember. Yeah. He, he made one. he made some money off he of had it. Nineteen twenty years he had that. Yeah, he yeah. made some money off that thing. Oh yeah, 
He's living up outside of Clinton now. Got a nice little house and everything. Hey, man, before we roll on, I always offer, you know, I got a wet bar in here. It's afternoon now. It's yeah. after lunch. I've got some of the finest bourbons. I got uh, Weller's. Uh, I got Blanton. I got some tequila. I got a chicken cock. I got some of the good stuff right here. Would you like a little swig? Uh, that would be no. Okay. <laughs> I you mean, know. I'd like to have one, but I break out when I drink that. Do you really? Yeah, and handcuffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's how I drink really, really a lot. I Why don't you get to drink a lot? You just take a sip. I'll take a sip of something. Okay. Which one do you want? Blanton's has been open. I got, like, I got Weller's. I got tequila. Does that say chicken cock? Yeah, I got chicken cock too. Yeah. If I'm going to drink anything, it's going to be chicken. It's good. It's really good. Well, I'll take a sip. All right. All right. I'll do one with you. Hold on. All right. Let's just talk to him for a second up here. All right. We're just live here in, in podcast land. Jim's over here pouring a drink. And it's like really like real glasses like you see on, you know, Matlock. <laughs> we talked about the other day. It's like, it's like the end of Law and Order. Well, we lost that case. Cheers. <laughs> Here, yeah. Oh God, is that good? Uh, yeah. The rest yeah. of my day will be shot. Is it, we'll pour some out in mine. There you go. I don't want to ruin your day. I'm such a wuss nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? If you were to turn it down, you would have been the first guest to not have a drink with me. Oh, uh, that's why I said yes. By the way, cheers to your beautiful wife. Yeah. And uh, he was telling us earlier on the uh, non-recorded version of this podcast <laughs> that uh, you guys had a chance to go play in Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time that she had. I'm, at, I'm, just, I'm not saying that she lived a sheltered life, but apparently from what you said earlier. She didn't. She's lived a very sheltered life. <laughs> and her mother sheltered. You know, all those girls, are. she has two sisters, and they're just. They're just amazing, all three of them. And made a beautiful and family. So sweet, sweet people. And um, she had never experienced anything like Los Angeles. And you brought her down here. And you're, I'm going to say this to all the listeners, because uh, I knew this already, but Tim Clark is such a one and loves this woman. I mean, loves this woman. She's made you a better dude. I'm going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to the point that he actually – Bought a piece of property just miles from her family, yeah. So she could be close to her family, and uh, because they're, they're they, they, I adore them too. And um, we just we had um, Jim and I were talking off off uh, Mike, you know, about the first house I bought up there was just you know it's like all those TV shows you watch. Help! <laughs> I ruined my house or something like that. I had no idea what I was doing, and my brothers came down from Kentucky and salvaged it and got it completed and we were able to sell it and recoup Man, every time 95% I, every of time money. I called you you were up there working there. on that damn there. house yeah. and you were complaining you were bitching it was like this oh, is the biggest nightmare of my life it money was. pit from hell the only thing that was a bigger mistake than that and I and now that I look back it was I had to go through that to get what I have now. Right. So and you sold it, lost a little bit of money, and got yeah, the badass house you yeah, wanted. Yeah. And I. What's I the new just, one like? It's uh, it's like my career. I'm embracing the old. It has. It was built in 1951. It was uh, a farmhouse in the middle of about a thousand acres. Wow. And uh, how many acres you got now? Just a couple. Right. Well, just, I, just that's a all, couple. That's all I want. Right. I mean, that's enough right now, but 
I'll drink to that. Cheers to your new house and cheers to Marsha. My new old house. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. How do people drink that on purpose? Oh, God. Uh, I'll Mm. get that tingly feeling in a minute. This is about to get a lot better. Right, that's what that's what that's what the end of the show. That's show's what you. Yeah. That's what you want. I bait you guys. I let yeah. you pour your heart out. Then I get yeah. the good shit. <laughs> oh man, man. Mm. But that uh, that whole thing with the house was um, it was crazy. I bitched and complained. I mean, it was really bad, Jim. I'll be honest with you. It was Marsha. The pictures you sent me that you were working on, they it looked beautiful. Well, it was a it was about a twenty. 600 square foot brick ranch built in 1971. And there's there's less work needed for this old farmhouse than there was for that one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I learned so much on the other one, um, what not to do, um, just embrace the old feel of it and the old, it's the floors were just... Like uh, like you're walking uphill kind of, right. yeah. but you know it's been there since 1951. I had a, a structural engineer look at it, and he said, "Things gonna be here when you're gone." Right. So, and all the lumber that um, it has knotty pine all over the walls. It's beautiful. And it's gorgeous, and um, it um, all the lumber was taken off of that land to build the house. In 51, and it was actually on a site of a house that was built in the 30s that burnt down. And every, it takes like a half a mile to get back to it. And That's way cool. Every house, there's only nine houses on this road. It's one road, goes all the way back. I'm the, the, the original house that was built on the, on the farm. And everybody that's on that lane, they're staggered. Like one house has thirty acres, another house got thirty acres. That's the descendants of the man who right. built the house in fifty one, Richard <clears throat> um, Simpson. His great grandson lives right down the road from me, and he's got thirty acres. I'm the only one with two acres, right? <laughs> you know, and they they've all embraced me. They they just like, oh my god, welcome to the family. This guy, you're a Simpson now. Well, I came in, and they they were kind of they kind of sizing me up and then they figured out you know i'm pretty pretty normal only thing i don't think they like is when i fire up that harley too early <laughs> and i rode and i rode the harley um you know the first time i met you you were on a harley and yeah. I, and i i mean i known who you were but i've been a fan of you forever and the first time i met you you were on a harley davidson it was down in merle's inlet and i was like uh I just went up, hi, my name is Jim Quick. I'm playing a band, Coastal Beach Music Man. He said, what's up? Drove <laughs> 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 off. Uh, man, you got to be careful on those things. My wife is really, she'll get on it, but she don't really dig. Man, I'm I'm so, I'm I'm so. Down here, they will run over you. Man, I'm scared in four wheels. I'm, yeah. I'm, t- I mean, <laughs> I'm just not that dude, yeah. you know. Well, you know. I was in the marching band. You played football. I wore a kilt. <laughs> yeah. Literally wore a kilt in the high school. Yeah. Uh, I saw the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people are like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, but uh, the, do you uh, do you plan on retiring, or do you see yourself just like uh, like me? That I'm, rumor got out a few months ago. I don't know how that got out. Um, what I did 
is after the conversation, I actually, I had, the guy I was telling you about earlier, um, I had hired him as a manager, and that didn't work out, but. Um, oh, the guy, the, the, the new guy. Yeah. He's not, oh, I thought that was all still going. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, he, he, he got a little, he got a, you know, you light that fire and then you get too close to the flame. Right, um, right, right, right. And I know you've been in that situation where managers just come down on you and think, you know, you got to do, I'm like, whoa, wait yeah. up. Slow your roll. Yeah. And uh, I don't have, here's the thing it's so hard here's to have somebody that i took it's so that. hard for somebody to come up and tell you what to do when you've been out here so long and yeah beat up and, but and he you know. had, but he had fantastic ideas and they're still in place got you just because he left it doesn't mean i didn't take what he said um i'll forever give him the credit of relighting this flame i got you well that's awesome i i he lit the flame he got the whole original music thing going again in me he got the um that's how the um uh, the rumor got out that I was retiring. What'd you say you were? Sixty two? Sixty three. So I'm gonna tell you sixty four Wait, February. just keep in mind Delbert McClinton didn't get all of his Grammys till he was he was in his sixties. Yeah. Right. Well huh? I'd like to have a Grammy. But you know, here's the deal. I can promise your fans and hopefully a couple of them are my fans, um, there's new music coming from me in the very, very near future and it's gonna be good. I'm and sure. It's, it's going to be Really good. I have assembled. I have. I don't know how this guy found me. I don't know how he's as good as he is. I've got a new keyboard player that is just absolutely man. Let me tell you something. There's you are so particular about your musicians. I've never ever seen you in the last thirty years we've been hanging out together. I've never ever seen you without a a phenomenal band. Well, I think the. A lot of that, and I'm not tooting my own horn, is that I get them in a room, and the first thing I say, if they've got a little bit of, you know, experience, is like, I'm not discounting your experience. What I'm telling you is, I only know one way how to do it, and that is my way, and that's the way we're going to do it. Right. And if if you can, if you're cool with that, this will be a really good journey. That must not, be, that it's going to be a bumpy road. Man, that's going to be cool because I'm the exact opposite. Even though it's my band, I'm like, I look at my manager and I'm like, what are we doing next? <laughs> I, I didn't know. Well, I didn't that's, know. that's where I'm at, man. I don't want it. That's why I engaged, you know, that um, one uh, management guy because I'm really not into booking the band anymore, managing the band. Right. Uh, I just want to be the singer. Um I've been through a lot of sound guys in the last couple of months. Um, people that. Well, I'm not, okay. Let's yeah. let's go back. Let's go back. Are you planning on doing an entire album? You planning on putting yeah. something out with yeah. the, all originals? Well, uh, I well, it's going to be. I, I haven't decided. Um, I ran across when I hit the 25 year mark for the Tim Clark Band. I'm like, man. I really need to mark this with something. And Big Kenny, you know, Big Love. Yeah. He's got some recordings of early 2000s with Glenn, right. Robbie, Grillo, and it's freaking good. See, that'd be cool. Just some, so some we're stuff, take, you know, a package. I, I've got, I went back and dug out every live recording that I could find. And um, it will have a warning label. 
<laughs> there it's, got the, is, it's going to have that E on it for explicit. Yeah. 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 And I'm leaving it in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm just, I just, I'm that's not going to sugarcoat it. Man, that's, that's, I think that's you. It's just, um, at this point in my career, Jim, I'm going to do what I want to do. Can you? Can I ain't you going to do can what you, I don't want to do? Can you? Can you see yourself retiring? Is that even a possibility? Yes. I mean, like one Absolutely. day? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. I think I'm gonna go beep beep and then kick it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like when I don't time. know. I don't know. I think. Uh, I think, and you've you've experienced this when the the bull crap gets to a certain point. You just you go, man. You know what? One of the greatest things I did was I said, I'm I'm leaving. I'm done. Man, by the way, when I made that announcement at the camp, said, I'm done with Coastline and I'm leaving Beach Music. I'm going to Nashville. You could hear a pin drop except for you. And the way back, you said, go for it, Jimmy. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to hear you. Out of any, hey, man, I meant it. I know, man. Do it. Do it. If, it, if, it, if you feel it in your heart. And that's what you want to do. People are people are like, well, you must have went and got your ass schooled. I said, that's not exactly what happened because I went. To, I'm, I'm still there. My primary residence is still Nashville, but the problem is, I go over there and I start making contacts. I didn't go to be a uh, an artist. I went to go to write. Right. I went to write and record, and I got my ass schooled in that regard. But I'm learning a lot. To me, it's for like going to school. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like Absolutely. going back and forth now. You know, I thought I was good enough that I can. I don't realize I'm not good enough. These guys are so incredible that yeah. I'm just I'm learning, oh, and I may uh, hang out doing them stuff. But man. at the same time, the coastline crazies are like, "No, you ain't going nowhere." Right? You know? And why? Why should you? I mean, if you can do what you need to do, um, and be in both pla- both places. I mean, uh, my family's the same way. They're like, "You spend an awful lot of time on that farm." Right. And I'm like, so, yeah. But you come out and do what you got to do. Yeah, I, I, it brings me back down to earth. And, Can you see you uh, and Marsha? Uh, oh, absolutely. Ten years from now, just, absolutely. Just chilling out at the, at the farm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see what you do. Well, I mean, and, I'm I'm not done. I'm not done by any chance. I mean, been there, done any, that, but not done yet. Yeah, I'm not done yet. Maybe that's the next one. All yeah. right. I'm not done yet. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, but I'm not done yet. <laughs> Wow, I should have had that in there. You did, man. I understood completely what you're saying in the song, and I think most people that know you did. And I thought that song it gave me inspiration because you know I'm, you got to know where the lyric comes from. Though. You know, Coastline and it's always Coastline and Tim Clark band kind of came on the scene around the same time. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I'm just you know I've always felt I was like, a breeding ground for your musicians. Exactly. <laughs> Team, I got to have you back on the show, man. Hey, I'm ready. Man, I love you so much. Thank you, I do too. TimClarkBand.com. Love you, bro. Man, go check him out. Check his Facebook out and follow him. And we're all excited about the new stuff, man. Really excited about Thank that. Thank you. Really excited about it. This show is brought to you by the Shoe Center. Everybody give Mike a call at 843-272-6515. ShoeCenterNMB.com. And by the way, Tim Clark will be playing the first Saturday of SOS at the Shoe Center. And my wife just bought some shoes there. She the, said it was awesome. The On Clouds? Is that what she got? I think it is. Those are so good, man. Got me a pair too. So anyway, thank you so much, and tell Marsha I love her, and I look forward to having you back on the show, man. Yeah, brother. There's a bunch more we got to dive into. Absolutely. Thank you. Be safe and kind, y'all. See you next time.